Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Truly, God has been good to us. He deserves our praise. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is worthy to be praised. We are alive and well because of Jesus. If it had not been for him, we wouldn't be here today. We have transportation, we have houses, we have jobs, we have money, we have food, we have clothes, we have health, we have strength. The list goes on and on and on because of Jesus. It wasn't because we were good, it wasn't because we were smart, it was because God has provided for us. And his name is worthy to be praised. Today we're going to talk about mercy. A lot of times people don't really understand how much mercy we really need. And how much mercy does for us. Grace came by Jesus Christ and grace removes guilt. When you're feeling guilty inside because of the things that you have done or the things that has happened in your life and you're feeling guilty, grace removes that. Grace takes it away that you don't have to feel guilty. Grace takes it away that when you are in need, you can go to God no matter where you came from. Grace allows us to go to God and get what we need. Because of grace, we are still standing and mercy removes misery. See, because of God's mercies, we are not going through what we deserve. Because his mercy removes the misery that we were supposed to go through. That mercy that we need, the Bible says, don't let it neglect you. Don't let it stop following you. We need God's mercy to remove all of the misery that we would have gone through. But because of the mercy of God, we didn't go through it. We were destined to go to hell. But because of the mercy of God, he made a way that we don't have to go there. Because his mercy is why we are still here. We're going to be reading out of Matthew, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse. I will read that one. Then James 2, 13. Proverbs 3, 3 through 7. Genesis 32, 10. Hosea 6, 6. Matthew 9, 10 through 13. And Zephaniah 3, 17. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for this opportunity to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Thank you, my God, for all that you have blessed us with. Lord, bless us to be grateful because your mercy endureth forever. And Lord, bless me to say all that I'm supposed to say. Don't let me say anything that I'm not supposed to say. My God, bless this word to go forth and be planted upon good ground. And let us bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. 
in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I'm not bragging and I'm not tooting my own horn and I'm not saying anything about myself, but somebody brought it to my attention the other day because I go different places and people give me free stuff and, and it's not garbage, they give me free stuff. I go to Harbor Freight and they are all willing to give me their employee discount and I don't even know them that well and they just do that. I go to any department store and if I want a tool and I don't have that much, they will do something on the computer to bring it down to what I can afford. It doesn't matter where I go, God has always let me find favor. I go to buy lumber and they give me a discount on the lumber because it had a crack on it and they normally wouldn't, but for me, they do. And I walk in and I tell them, hey, can I go through the lumber and pick out the ones that you will discount? And they say, sure, and I do. But God has done that no matter where I am. He has always been blessing me. And what? yesterday I was talking to somebody and they said, what are you doing? And I told them I'm moving to fifth row. Oh, how much are you getting paid? I said, oh, I'm not getting paid. I said, I didn't ask for nothing. I just do it. And then they said, you know what? That's probably why you're always getting free stuff. People are always giving you discounts because you don't charge for everything that you do. And the scripture came to me and said, you know what? Mercy, you will obtain mercy. If you love somebody, you will be loved. If you have compassion, you will get compassion. It's, it's what you sow, you will reap. And, and I, was, I began to think, you know what, I am highly blessed. I, am, I get way more than I give, you know. And if we do that in the spiritual walk with God, the more time we give God, the more we get spiritually. And so I am very highly blessed. I thank God for everything. I'm not rich. I'm not rich at all, but I have everything that I need. I don't lack anything. And so I, I praise God for it. And I don't want to be rich because if a lot of times you get rich, it starts going to your head and then, then things get messed up. I love the life that I have. I don't beg. I don't borrow except for gas every now and then. And I don't need to steal. But I'm not rich. I have a life that I am sufficient every single day. I have houses I can go to to eat. I'm well set off as far as that ways. And I praise God for it. But the more, when I read, I've read these before, but the more you give, the more you get. He said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We want to see God's face in peace. We don't want to see God's face trembling and knowing that we messed up. And if we are here when Jesus comes back, we don't want to be those people that are running and saying mountains fall on us and rocks hide us. We don't want to be that person. We want to be waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. We want to be looking up and knowing that one day our Redeemer is coming back. And if I'm still here, I get a chance to see see when the lightning goes from one end of the world to the next end of the world. I get to see when the heaven is rolled up like a squirrel and I get to see when Jesus descends back again and we should be happy and excited knowing that Jesus is coming back for us. But if we do not have a pure heart it's not going to happen. We might be here and see when the lightning goes across the sky. And we might be here when it rolls up, but we will be those people that are trying to hide from the wrath of the Lamb because we did not have a pure heart. It says, blessed 
are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. We have to seek for the things that make peace. And it all ties into mercy. And mercy ties into love. If you love somebody, you will have mercy on that person. And if you have mercy on somebody, you're going to seek for the things that make peace. See, God had so much mercy and compassion on us. So when he saw that it was impossible for us to live a holy life, he made it possible. He had that mercy and that compassion. And when he had mercy, he sent his only begotten son. Now, if Jesus wanted to love us, he wanted to endure the cross. But because he loved us, he had the same kind of mercy and compassion that though it kills me, yet they will have a chance at life. And we need to do the same thing for each other. That does not mean that we need to okay what is wrong, but we need to be able to tell each other what is right and what is wrong, but without condemnation, without pointing the finger to put each other down. We need to have that same kind of mercy. Lord, you had mercy on me. I want to have mercy on somebody else. And though they don't seem to get it for a while, that doesn't mean give up. That means keep on praying. I was hard-headed for 22 years. And if God would have gave up on me as fast as I tried to give up on some people, I wouldn't be here today. But because he was long-suffering and had mercy, I am still standing. And we need to love the same way. If we love one another by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples. Mercy is something that we all need. And it's something that we all need to share towards one another. It's something that we need to obtain and we need to hold on to because mercy will take us through a lot of things. Because when we deserve to be punished, what does the Bible say? I don't give them what they deserve. He gives us a light little spanking on the wrist and says, don't do that in the way of speaking. When we deserved what they got in the Bible times, when us touched the heart, he died on the spot. When Miriam and, and Aaron talked bad to Moses, they just talked, they didn't physically hurt him. They just talked bad to him. Miriam turned into a leopard on the spot. When they just told Moses that he was at doing too much, the earth swallowed up the whole congregation. When they murmured again, the serpents bit them and killed them. When David numbered the people when God made him number the people, then God still punished him for numbering the people. When David did that one mistake and went with that woman, he had trouble for the rest of his life. And we do many, many, many things and are still here. Why? Because of God's mercy. And to one place, he said, I'm not going to take away my mercy from you like I took it away from, some, from others. His mercy is with us always. And the Bible says that mercy re rejoices over judgment. When it's time for us to be judged, mercy goes and steps in the way and has compassion. And we don't get what we deserve. We need to have the same compassion on one another. To not try to get revenge. To not try to render evil for evil. To not try to ignore somebody because they hurt our feelings. But to keep them lifted up in prayer and to keep the same love that Jesus had for us because mercy will not depart from us. We don't need to depart from mercy. We're going to James 2.13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy and mercy rejoices against judgment. See, if we don't have mercy on each other, when it's time for us to be judged, 
there will be no mercy. There will be none of that if we don't have it for each other. Somebody does us wrong, who cares? The Bible says suffer wrong. Don't always try to stop something bad from happening to you. Let it happen. It says give place to wrath, which means if somebody's angry at you, don't try to justify yourself and make it stop. Let them be mad. If they want to be mad at you, just let them. It's up to them and God. If they want to curse you, bless them. If they want to persecute you, pray for them. Don't let that change your character or your attitude. Let that be with them and God. You stay with God. And when you show that kind of mercy and compassion, the next time you accidentally slip, God will show you the same mercy and the same compassion. You let them do that, I'm going to let you get away with this. It goes the same way. Not that we should sin against God on purpose and say, well, grace, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We're not supposed to sin on purpose. We're not supposed to do wrong things on purpose. But if we show mercy and if we do mess up, that same kind of mercy will be right there for us. We don't have to worry about killing God killing us and we don't have to worry about him punishing us. When we show mercy, he will show the same mercy. And the Bible says that mercy rejoices over judgment. It is the pleasure of mercy to step in the way when you were about to get punished. Mercy is excited to spare you. And where does mercy come from? It comes from God. We need God, period in our lives. There's nothing in this world that can give us more mercy than God. There's nothing that can give us more peace than God. There's nothing that can give us more joy than God. There is nothing in this world that can outbeat what God has for us. We're going to Proverbs 3, 3 through 7. They're not mercy and truth for safety. Bind them about thy neck, correct them upon the table of thy heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thine own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. See, it says, bind mercy and truth. Why? Because you cannot have mercy without the truth. Because mercy is not there around a lie. So if your heart has lies in it, mercy is not going to be there. However, God still has mercy on us and doesn't destroy us. But when we have the truth in our hearts and mercy is always there, no matter where we go, God shows us favor and love and compassion in the sight of God and man. He is always there when we just let mercy and truth be our center. We don't have nothing to worry about. Then when people do hurt us, we have mercy on the inside of our hearts. We don't care. They talk bad about us. We don't mind that. We go and pray for them anyway. Because one day we were in their same shoes. We probably didn't curse nobody out, but we were still talking bad and had a potty mouth and doing all kinds of crazy things. But because mercy never left, we are still here today. We have to have that same kind of mercy on each other. The, the people get this verse really twisted a lot and it says judge not that ye shall not be judged and so when they do something wrong and you say that's not right don't judge me the bible says judge not and that's a twisted way of looking at that scripture because he says don't we judge 
those that are within, not the ones that are without. Why? Because we are helpers one of another. So if you see me going astray, I want you to love me with the love that is on the inside in order for you to say, Alan, you are not doing right. That is That way is going to get you sent to hell. That way is going to hurt you. I hope that you love me that kind of way and not the worldly kind of way to say, well, that's fine. Go ahead. Fall off the ditch. I don't want that kind of love. I hope you guys love me enough that if you see me slipping, you will be able to say, Alan, this is not right. This is not according to the Bible. Because I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So if we see each other messing up, the Bible says if you see your brother overtaken in a fault, go to him and him alone. What does that mean? You have to be able to judge right from wrong. You have to be able to judge the truth from not the truth. And you have to be able to help each other. Like, look, that's not right. This is right. But according to the scriptures. And then when we are helpers one of another and we can help each other rise, we could go a lot farther. Then if we all lie, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to ignore it. Then we're not helping each other. We're not helping. But when we point it out, let's go together. What did Paul do when he saw Peter not walking right? Paul went to him to his face, said, you're not doing right. You're not supposed to hide yourself just because somebody's watching you eat with the public and the sinners. And Peter took the correction and changed. That's because iron sharpens iron. We have to help each other out. Not to be judgmental, not to point the finger, but to help each other live a holy life. That's what we need to do. That's what mercy does. Mercy is there to help us and to lead us and to guide us and to get rid of the misery. I know you're going to go and get hurt, so I'm going to help you come back so you don't end up in that bad position. We have to have mercy on each other and not count each other unworthy of it. They're too bad. I can't tell them. I'm done praying for them. They're, they're way, way off. That's not how we should be. When we see somebody hard-headed, that's how we should pray for them the more. When we see somebody stuck, those are the people we need to pray for even more. When we see somebody just cannot change, that's the people we really need to go to battle for. Because why? I was in that same position at one point in my life where I just couldn't change. But I had parents that didn't stop praying until the day they died. And that's probably why I'm still here. Because they kept praying and mercy kept following so we need to let mercy follow us and be with us at all times. We're going to Genesis 32, 10. I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over the door of this Jordan, and now I, I am become a new man. See, he says, I'm not worthy of the least of the mercies. And we're not worthy of God's mercy. But because God has mercy and compassion on us, we need to do the same thing for each other because we're not worthy of God's mercies and people might not be worthy of our mercy but because God gave it to us we need to give it to them and have the same kind of mercy and the same kind of compassion on them we need mercy at all times it makes me excited to understand that I was so far out there but mercy never left me alone I deserved to be in hell by now I deserved, I don't, the worst punishment which would be hell is what I deserved. But because God had mercy, I'm still standing today. Not because I was a, such a good person, I fasted and I prayed and I called out to God and I lived a holy life. That is not the case. It was because of his mercy why I'm here. People could tell you about my own me, and I was an ugly person. 
but God's mercy never changed. And now I look at people and I pray and I call out to God because I want him to have the same mercy on other people like he had it on me. Because there's a lot of people that are stuck. There's a lot of people that cannot move. They cannot change. And they're in this loop. And they go back and in circles and in circles and in circles. And I remember that I was the same person going in a circle and you just can't get out. It's like a rabbit hole that you cannot find the end. But Jesus knows the end. When I lost my phone and I looked and looked and looked and could not find it until I was about to give up and just say, forget that phone, I'm going to go buy me another one because I knew for a fact that it was in that area that I was in because I GPSed away and then I got to Mary's kitchen and I had the phone and it told me it was a couple minutes or like a feet away from where I was at. So I knew my phone had to be there, but it was nowhere to be found. And it started getting on my nerves. Like I know for a fact that it's here in this area. I didn't go nowhere else. How do you think you feel all these people in this world feels when they know that there is a God? They know that God said, I am not even at your mouth. They know that there is something more to than the life that they're living. There's more to just being here on this earth how how do you think they feel and i know how some of them feel because i knew that there was a god i knew that drinking was not the life that i wanted to live i knew that smoking was not the life i knew this running around was not the life i knew that there was so much more but i just could not find my way out but mercy didn't let me die mercy didn't let me die when i was stuck and the same kind of mercy that God had on me is the same kind of mercy that we will have for people and God can have for people. And when I found my phone, I thought of myself years and years ago. I was in that gutter. I was in the bottom of the barrel, it felt like, in the darkness, and I knew that the end was nothing but destruction. But just like I picked that phone out, Jesus will go out of his way in a way of speaking to pick you up and everybody else that is stuck. He'll pick them up. Sometimes we just have to be able to take Jesus to those people, but we can't take something that we don't have. So we need to gather Jesus as much as we can. We need to read the word. We need to have compassion. We need to have a pure heart. We need to have mercy so we can go and give it to the world. This is not a room so huge till it's impossible to fill. That's not. But we need to be that light. And what happens when you go outside at night and you turn on the light? Bugs that you didn't even know existed, you'll see if you stay out there long. Animals are attracted to light. Everybody's attracted to light. So if we live the name of, of Jesus and our light begins to shine more and more and more bright, it will attract the good and the bad. But we got to be ready to receive all of it. Because when you turn that light outside on in the dark, you get those bugs that you are trying to kill and you put all those zappers and, and smoke and trying to get rid of the mosquitoes and the moths and 
and you want people to come and enjoy the light, but you don't want the other critters. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. When your light shines bright, the devil will be there too because he wants to put it out. So you have to be able to be strong enough to let your light shine bright and not fall and get it put out, but let it shine so that other people will see that there is a God in Israel that they will be able to hear that little cry. When my phone was ringing, I heard it at a distance. And when you begin to cry out to God, he will hear you at a distance. The Bible says that the prodigal son, when he was a far away, his father saw him and went to meet him. And the same thing when we see these people so stuck, if we can get them to just make a sound, Jesus will take care of the rest. It's not our job and it's not even possible for us to save people, but it is possible for us to let our light shine. It is possible for God to be able to use us to reach to these people. If we have mercy, we can take mercy to somebody else. If we have compassion, we can take compassion to somebody else. And this church wouldn't be full. There wouldn't even be standing room. When Jesus started, he didn't have the internet. He didn't have Wi-Fi. He didn't have cell phones. He didn't have any kind of phone at all. And the Bible says that they were flocking to him left and right. When Peter and John started, the Bible says that thousands were saved in a day because their lights were shining bright. You think nowadays the devil has the world so wrapped up to the God is impossible for him to do something? I don't believe that. I don't think so. Because if he can save me, he can save any human being that is on this earth. He can. But we have to let our light shine. People come to this church and they walk in and I can imagine they kind of see a flickering. And they oh man, that, that is a possibility. That could be a church on fire. But then they leave. Why? Because sometimes the light flickering makes people more not want to be there than if it was just all the way on or all the way off. You know, the flickering light gets is annoying. Turn on all these and let them start flickering. I'm okay. Turn it off. I would rather it be all the way off or all the way on. Flickering's not gonna work. So they walk in here and I could just imagine, I'm not saying that anybody's flickering, I'm just saying me for myself. They walk in here and I'm not all the way on fire for God, so they kind of see the flicker and they say, well, that, that is a big light bulb, but you know, it's kind of not all the way, so they, they just leave. But if we were to really get in tune with God and our light would shine without flickering, they would definitely come. And those that didn't want to be here, that's up to them. Not everybody's going to be saved. But this church would be packed. We would have to get a bigger place. We would have to. And it's not because a God can't move. It's because of what are you doing? Where are we at? How strong are we? How bright is our light? All of us, I'm pretty sure, go to town and somebody knows that there's something different about us. They just can't put their feet all the way on it. But I'm pretty sure they know there's something different. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do. But I want them to know what it is. What was his name? Nebuchadnezzar, I think it was. When he saw Jesus in the burning fire furnace, nobody had to tell him, oh, this is God. And, you know, this is his son, Jesus. Nobody had to tell him who that was. He said, hey, that fourth one looks like the Son of Man. He knew for a fact, and nobody needed to tell him Jesus hadn't even come yet. He knew that's how they're supposed to know us. The devil is supposed to say, I know those people from Guideway Ministries. I know those guys. He's supposed to know who we are. He's not supposed to just kind of, no, well, yeah, they have potential. Let me keep them a little bit bound. Let me tie something to all of them because they do have potential. I don't want to be tied. 
I don't want to be bound. And when I was reading about mercy and about a pure heart and about peacemakers, it just really was like, you know what? The more I get, the more I can give. And you can't get it except from Jesus. I was going to do a plan. I didn't. I didn't bring the pictures. But imagine if we all had a glass in which we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we know who God is. And we know that God has everything that we need. And we know that if we want love, God has that. We know that if we even want money, God has that. We know if we want peace, God has that. We know that God has everything that we need. And he said, told us in another scripture, he says, Come, all who is thirsty and drink. He said, whosoever will. Let him come and drink of the water of life. So we know that he has it and he's willing and ready to give it. And we take this vessel, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and we stand and we begin to ask God and he begins to give us. And then we say that's enough because something got our attention. And we go back over here and we start doing a whole bunch of stuff. People see that vessel. They know that there's something different about you, but you don't have enough to share. You don't have enough to give to somebody else because you are being distracted and you did not stay there until your cup was overflowing. But when you stay with God and you stay there and stay there, even though he may seem to take a while, if you stay there, he will begin to fill you up. And the more he begins to give you, when you do go to the world and you do go to your job or wherever you need to go and you still got Jesus on your mind and you're taking the Lord along with you, you will have enough to share with somebody else. You will have enough to give to anybody that talks to you. The Bible says to be ready to give an answer to anyone that asks you and you will have enough. But the problem is, is we go to God and we ask him and then we get distracted. And then we go again and we ask and then we get distracted. And throughout the whole week, we're just really not staying where he can fill us all the way. He told his disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then once they did, and when they were endued with power from on high, there was no such thing as stopping them. There wasn't. The gates opened on its own for that all to this day, you know, I, it, I still read that, but still, that is impossible. But with God, that is not impossible. We can do the same thing. What kind of God can take heat out of fire? And we've all, I'm pretty sure that a plate with fire has gotten burned. All of us, stoves, cooking, irons, wood stoves, it doesn't matter if it's hot, we've all probably gotten burned. But for them to walk around, and feel the flames just going over their body and not a hair is singed, that is a mighty God. That is a mighty God that we serve. To go and be cast into a den of lions and just sit there, that is a mighty God. The Bible says the next morning when they threw everybody else in, those lions were so hungry. I can imagine that lion so irritated that he could not get a nice hot meal that is sitting right there and Daniel's just relaxed and he can't do nothing. Daniel said the Lord has sent his angels and closed their mouth. It didn't say he changed their mind. An animal is an animal and God lets him things be what he created. He just shut the mouth. So those thoughts and desires and hunger were still sitting there. He just couldn't use them. But the next day when they threw all those other people, not just one, they threw the whole congregation in there. All the ones that were 
part of that that trying to get Daniel and the Bible says that before they could even hit the bottom of that bed, those lines had every bone broken. That was a buffet. But God can do anything. He can shut their mouths. He can open them. He can do whatever he wants. We need to be able to take God to these people, all of these people, because he can deliver them. He can save them. He can set them free. I was talking, I don't know who I was talking to, but I, in North Carolina, there was this lady that would, used to walk by my house. She would scream, get off of me. Leave me alone. I'm calling 911. And the first day I looked at her, like, well, bothering her, and I looked at her, and there was nobody there. There was nobody there. She was walking by herself, threatening to call cops on the ones that were bothering her. And I said, you know what, I can save that too. I think I've been there with all of that. And it hurt my feelings. And the reason it hurt my feelings is because I had an opportunity to be that person that God could use. And I chose to be an alcoholic. So when I saw her, I knew, you know what, God could have used you, but you chose to do something else. And look at how many people God could have helped, but you didn't want to go. And that's one thing that helped me make up my mind, Lord, I want to go. Because I hate to see people suffer and suffer. And I know that there's a God that can help. I know that there's a God that is so strong. People come to me and say, Alan, will you pray for me? I'm sick, and I, yes, and I will pray for them, and I know that God can heal anything. But yet, God's not moving. Why? Maybe I need to trim my light and let it burn just a little brighter. Maybe I need to work on myself and say, Lord, what is this? What do I need to do that you will be able to show yourself strong? And it goes for each and every one of us. God can use us. We just have to let him. People walk around deceiving their own selves and saying, oh, man, I got power over the devil. I can defeat the devil. And they're doing everything the devil wants them to do. If you have that much power over the devil, why aren't you using it? Use it. But we don't. And it hurts my feelings when people come to me and ask me for prayer. And I pray with all my little heart and God's not moving. And I'm like, Lord, why? Why? I know you're there. I know you're big. I know you can. What's the deal? But when God begins to show me, when you finish your task, then I'll bless and I'll give you the next one. And then I'll go. It increases it. Remember the other Sunday when I talked to you about when they finished building the temple, then God filled the temple where they couldn't even go in because the Holy Ghost was so much on the temple. When you finish doing what God told you to do, then God will fill the place. So I said, Lord, what do I need to do? What do we all need to do? And Jesus began to say, have mercy, have compassion, have love and judge righteously and God will start showing himself strong on our behalf. He will start showing himself strong on our behalf. Because if we cannot judge righteously, how can we say Lord bring people and let us pray for them and we can't do a righteous judgment? He's not going to do that. How can we say Lord I know that you can heal and I don't believe that he'll heal me? He's not going to do that. Lord I know that you're all powerful and almighty but could you? He's not going to do that. We have to believe that when we pray, God will listen. And how do we know God will listen? Because we reap what we sow. So the more God we have, we don't have to worry about none of that. It was on Friday, I believe, when Jesus was in the bottom of the ship and the waves were going and the ship was all crazy, but Jesus was sound asleep. Why? Because he knew. He didn't have to think. He wasn't hoping. He wasn't wishing. He knew. We have to know 
that if you need prayer, I know somebody that can heal you. I know somebody that can do something. And if we let mercy and truth be wrapped about our neck, we'll be fine. Why? Because Jesus is truth. So we keep Jesus. We have everything that we need and then we can let our light shine. Because it's not our light anyway. It's Jesus that shines through us. So the brighter we want to be, the more Jesus we need to have. If we want to be dim or flickering, I don't think Jesus is going to be there because he's not dim and he's not flickering. So then something's wrong. You, know, you need Jesus. You have to have Jesus. So let us get Jesus. Let mercy and truth follow us. We're going to Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. See, God wants us to understand him, not just make the sacrifice. He told him how to make sacrifices and he told him how to, you know, cut the animal and burn the fat. And he told him how to do all of this for, and you anoint the, yourselves and you sprinkle the blood and you, your sins will be forgiven. But he didn't want from the beginning just a sacrifice. He wanted you to understand who he was. He wanted us to know who he was. He wanted us to have the knowledge of God, not just go burn a lamb. He wanted us to have mercy on each other, not just go sacrifice a goat. He said, I want mercy, not a sacrifice, which means I want to be able to save your soul and have compassion on you, not just go burn an, an, an animal and have that same grudge in your heart because you didn't let it go. Now you're going to go burn an, an animal and say, Lord, forgive me. And you sprinkle the blood and you put the blood on you and now you're all cleansed, but your heart is still hating your brother. He didn't want that. He wanted us to do that sacrifice by ourselves and have a living sacrifice where we are pure and forgiving and loving one another. That's what he wanted since the beginning of time. But he let us do the sacrifices to teach us more. We're going to Matthew 9, 10 through 13. When he does begin to bless us and lift us up and he begins to work miracles through us and when we pray he begins to answer more and more and more he doesn't want us to start getting all puffed up thinking that we're too good to sit with these people or we're too good to eat with those people he's i i didn't come for the same i came for the lost we have to be ready to eat and to drink with the sinners in a, in a way of speaking not physically get drunk with sinners we have to be able to mingle with the lost people and be able to stay strong, stay holy, but be able to share with them. Not just they're too bad, I'm not gonna go sit there, I'm not part of them. I went to this one church and they had the bishops and the pastors and the leaders of the church with their own food, their own cookware, and the congregation had theirs. And I didn't like that when I walked into the church. That's not, we're not that holy that you can't sit with everybody. That's not, that shouldn't be. And so they got mad at Jesus because Jesus was the guy that went and sat with the publicans and the sinners and 
he was that guy. <laughs> he preached to them and they were all crowded around him and all the priests and the ones that were supposed to be all that, they were too holy. You know, they can't eat with the publicans and sinners. And, and Jesus was like, I didn't come for the good, I came for the lost. And that's what Jesus is still coming for the lost. He is still seeking those that need help. He's not coming for or trying to help those that don't need help. He's helping those that do need help. So when God wants to help somebody, he can use us to go and help somebody else. We can't have the mentality that we're too good because we're not. We're not too good for anybody. We're not better than anybody. We're not higher up than anybody. We were in their position at one point in our lives too. But because of mercy, we are able to take mercy to somebody else. And then they can take mercy to somebody else. And that's how you see it grow and grow and grow. But if we put a stop to God using us because we think we're too good, we deceive ourselves. It doesn't hurt nobody but ourselves. We're going to Zephaniah 317. See, God loves us way more than we can possibly imagine. It makes God happy to do something for us. It's not that he blesses us because he's obligated. Because he's not. He's God. He don't need us. We need him. It's not that he blesses us because he pities us so much. If I don't, they're going to die, so I, I have to. He don't bless us for that reason either. It's not sitting up there saying, arguing with his son, saying, well, I know you died, but they, they don't deserve it. And Jesus said, but God, you did promise, and that's not how that goes. The Bible says that the God that is in the midst of you rejoices to do you good. He wants to bless us. He's waiting to bless us. He has all the blessings just lined up waiting to give them to us. It makes him excited when he's able to bless his children. It makes him rejoice to do us good. It makes him so excited to give us something that we don't deserve. And we should be the same way with everyone else. When we see the people hurting, it should make us excited to know that we can go and get them some help. It should make us excited to study a little bit more so that we could have more to to give to the world. We shouldn't be satisfied with just what we have. We should want more so we can give more. He said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So the more God gives us, we should be out there giving it to somebody else. He gave me knowledge, I'm gonna go give this knowledge to somebody else. It should make us excited to be able to talk to the people, whether they spit in our face, whether they slap us, whether they mock us, whether they put us down. It should make us excited that we had an opportunity and a chance to at least tell them about the good news of Jesus. We should be excited because God is excited to tell us. He said, I don't call you my servants, I call you my friend. He loves us that much. We need to love each other and we need to love the people that need Jesus. We need to go get more. Saints, we need to go get more. I was looking at my house the other day and it just, every, all week has been get more, get more, get more. Everything I do, if you let Jesus, everything you do, he can teach you something out of it or he can show you something out of it. And all week has been get more, get more, get more. I would turn on my heater and it, it, well, it goes on automatically, but it wasn't going on. So the first thought, no propane. So I go outside and 
one of them's full, I think, and the other one is almost empty. So then I go in and I'm like, well, why is it the heater going on? But sometimes if it gets too cold too fast, they use pressure and they don't have that much pressure to give until the tanks warm back up and then everything's good again. And so I was like, well, it's not that cold because it hasn't been, I mean, we got down one or two nights, but it's not that cold. But, so I started doing some research, there's a switch that when it goes off, it doesn't allow fuel to go to the burner. So the burner will go on, but it won't let the propane go through, so then the fuel just shuts off because it's, there's nothing there. It has a little switch. Well, that switch allows what goes in and out. It's the same thing in our minds. Our minds are that switch. It allows God to come in or not. So when we go to church, when we go to the world, no matter where we go, our mind is that switch, and we can say, I don't want to hear that, and I'm not going to hear that. Or we could allow it to go in. And when we allow something to come in, then our heart begins to let it sit there and it becomes impregnated and we produce what fruit it has, whether it's good that goes in or bad that goes in. So I was looking at my heater, I said, you know what, that's a nice little switch, but I need to really watch what goes in me, you know, what I let go in my mind, what I start thinking about, because it, it's a very important thing. Without that switch, I don't have a heater. And without the knowledge of God, we don't have anything. If our mind does not let God be there, we don't have nothing. We have to keep our mind open so God can give us whatever he wants to give us. And when it's time to shut off, we need to shut it off so the world can't get in there. We need to be able to discern right from wrong. Is this God or is this not God? And we have to cipher that out. And then our heater will run just fine. Keep the whole house hot. God is all that we need, but we have to let mercy and truth follow us and have mercy and truth and compassion. And God is excited to do us good. We don't serve a God that is waiting to hurt us. We don't serve a God that is waiting to cast us away. We don't serve a God that is waiting to see if we made some mistake and then all oh, you just messed up. We serve a God that is waiting to bless us. That makes him so excited when he can do something for us. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's the kind of compassion we have to have for one another and for everyone. And when God blesses us more and more, don't get puffed up. Don't start, we can't start thinking we're too good because we're not. We need to be ready to give an answer to anybody. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The altar is open if anyone has prayed just come up.
Thank you, my God, for lifting us up every time that we are down. Thank you because you are a God of mercy and compassion. You are a God that rejoices to do us good. You are a God that has so much mercy, and we are not worthy of the least of your tender mercies. Nevertheless, you have mercy upon us. My Father, give us mercy that we may be able to give it to others. Give us your love that we may be able to give it to others, my God. That out of our heart will come out the issues of life, will come out the issues of love, will come out the issues of compassion, will come out the issues of mercy, come out the issues of truth in the name of Jesus. My Father, bless us, O Lord God, to have compassion on each other and on the world, my God. Give us love for one another in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we may have love towards the world, that we may be able to bring them out of the fire, O Lord God. In Jesus' name, my Father, those that are bound, Lord, those that are tied down, those that are stuck, in the name of Jesus, my Father, lift them up, in the name of Jesus, you said the laborers are few, Lord, we are here, use us. In the name of Jesus, for your honor and for your glory, my God, Lord, make us instruments that you can use. In the name of Jesus, make us fit for the master's use. Lord, if there's anything that should not be, take it out and set us free. Lord, if we need to do something, let us know what it is. If we need to stop doing something, let us know what it is. That you will be able to use us to feed the world in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, I thank you, O oh Lord. Don't let it be that your mercy leaves us. But, Lord, teach us how to find mercy and truth around our neck, O oh Lord God. You said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me in the name of Jesus. Lord, teach us how to know who you are. Teach us about you. Bless us to understand what we read. Bless us to understand, my God, what we say. Bless us, my Father, to understand what you are saying to us, O Lord God, that we will grow in the name of Jesus. My Father, bless us to take in all that you have in store for us, all the wisdom, all the understanding, in the name of Jesus. You said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open unto me, I will come in and sup with him. My Father, let us and teach us how to open up the door. Lord, my God, if the door is not fully open, teach us how to open it in the name of Jesus, that you will come in and sup with us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, sit down at the table of our hearts and eat with us, commune with us in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, 
Lord, don't let it be that there is anything in this world that is more important, my God. But Lord, let us keep with you from the rising of the sun to the going down to the same. And Lord, you will enjoy to sit at the table of the heart and just commune with us. We are your children and we hunger and thirst. And you said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for they shall be satisfied in the name of Jesus. Lord, my God, I thank you and I praise you, oh Lord God. Oh, come in and suck in the name of Jesus at the table of the heart in the name of Jesus. Commune with her in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you, oh Lord God, for all that you did. Lord, come into our hearts in the name of Jesus. Come into our hearts, oh Lord God, in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, let the door be open wide. And Lord, my God, the table is yours in the name of Jesus. Let up with her. Lord, commune with her in the name of Jesus. Begin to write your words upon the table of her heart in the name of Jesus. And every time she sits down, my God, she will know your ways in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, my God. Lord, my God. You said, take my yoke upon you and learn it be. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My father teach me about a rest in you, but not to be bound, not to worry about so many things, my God. But my father to rest in you in the wonderful mighty name of Jesus. My God, I thank you and I praise you, oh Lord God. My Father, remember he's you, Lord God Almighty. Lord, let this heart belong to you. Lord, my God, and just fill it with you, my God, that he will be able to share to others. Lord, make him a man of valor, Lord, a warrior that cannot be beat. In the name of Jesus, my Father, I thank you, oh Lord God. My Father, you said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. My Father, sometimes we feel if we don't know how to open up the door to our heart because it has been so hurt before until we have locked it. My God, with you are the key in the name of Jesus. My God, whisper and teach her how to open up her heart all the way that you will come in and you will sit down and begin to tell her in the name of Jesus what to do, how to get her life where it needs to be, that you will prosper her in all the things that she does in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, my God, every heart belongs to you. My Father, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, is there is praise in this heart, oh Lord God. Let that praise begin to grow in the name of Jesus. Until that tree becomes fruitful. Until it pushes out every day that's not like you. Until it is a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that cannot be moved. But abides forever. And his leaves are not 
together and whatsoever he does to prosper in the name of Jesus. you have done. Lord, at your appointed time, Lord, tell us what to do and how to do it that you may fill this church. Lord, there's not room enough to stand in the name of Jesus, that they will know that there is a God in Israel, that every broken heart will be made whole, that every bound hand will be set free, that every hung down head will be lifted up, that every feeble knee will be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Lord, and you receive the glory and the honor because it all belongs to you, my God. All praise, all glory, and all the honor belongs to you. Remember Mother Henderson's church, oh Lord God. 
Remember her and all the congregation. Remember in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you and I glorify your name in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our light shine in the name of Jesus. Lord, and let us be the soul with the full savor in the name of Jesus. For you are God and besides you there is no God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. And let the church say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you.